What's up, folks? Welcome to Hidden in Plain Sight, back for another installment of the Solo Show Saga. Ron DeSantis sent a bunch of immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. By a bunch, I mean 50. Now, if I were trying to dissuade people from coming to America legally, I probably wouldn't send them to, like, summer camp for billionaires. Right, like that's pretty much what Martha's Vineyard is. They show up for a quarter of the year, pay out the nose to do it, and then they go to one of their other houses. So, like, yeah, not the greatest move because those immigrants are going to be like, ah, this is America, this is pretty rad. Like, send them to a poor area if you want to show them a lesson. But I guess we weren't teaching the migrants a lesson. We were just fucking with people, which I like. I love the the new political era of just trolling in real life. Like, there, eight years ago, you never would have been like, you know what would be a good political stunt? What if we sent 50 migrants to one of America's wealthiest enclaves and see if they can deal with it? I think that'll do big with the base. No, you would be like, that's fucking stupid, stop it. But in the era we're in, people are like, shit, send another hundred. Let's send them a thousand. Which would be funny if Martha's Vineyard became like the new Ellis Island for immigrants and they all just got shipped straight there whenever they crossed over the border. That'd be the funniest people to have to deal with immigration, right? Like, the border towns are too used to it. They kind of just, like, they don't have the resources. They're giving up. But, like, let's send them to, the ri- like, the rich enclaves, the richest of the rich, and be like, hey, your problem now, and see what solutions they come up with. I'd be fascinated to see out-of-touch multimillionaires and billionaires have to figure out a humanitarian crisis or how to fix illegal immigration, you know? Because these people are so out of touch with reality, they haven't had to come up with a real solution to anything in fucking years. I mean, like, look at all the problems we're still dealing with. They don't have solutions to this shit, even though a lot of times there are. And maybe that explains, you know, the political climate of America right now. Maybe the world, even. Like, we have solutions to some of these major problems, but people want to act like we don't, you know? Like, you know, global warming. Make more air conditioners. Problem solved. There you go. We have solved this, you know, crisis, okay? It's called a house and AC. It's not that difficult to comprehend. So just get Dyson, whoever the fuck else makes air conditioners, and ship that shit to Africa. You know? We don't have to endure these problems. It's just that people make money off of them. You know, they need problems. So they want to act like we don't have solutions. They don't want to act like we don't already have climate-controlled environments that we all live in, except for the homeless people and the third-world countries, I suppose. But look... Africa went from having no phones to cell phones 
So they can just go from having like no electronic appliances to AC. Right? I think we could make this happen. They're already digging all the fucking minerals and shit we need for that anyways. It's right there. Get Akon to invest in a fucking manufacturing facility so we can make AC AC units for for Africans suffering from climate change. You know? Because sometimes we overthink the solution to these problems. Like, we got to fix the climate. Like, okay, sure. That's harder to do than making air conditioners. We already make air conditioners. I mean, how many more would we really need? Make the villages share if we feel it. It's that desperate. But I think we can do better. All right? If we can build enough bombs to flatten countries multiple times over, I think we can make enough air conditioners to keep Africa chilled. Okay? Now, I don't know if having air conditioning goes hand in hand, you know, with having to live their lifestyle. You know, it's a different, different culture over there, so you might not want to go dig for lithium if you have, you know, a cool home to live in. Or who knows, maybe it'll make them, like, more effective, you know, more efficient. Because at the end of their 15-hour shift, digging with their bare hands for cobalt and lithium, they can come home to a nice climate-controlled environment. You know? Let them crank that AC up. You want to keep it at 69 in your house? Go for it, bro. Go for it. You know, you you dug up the fucking minerals for that battery. Do whatever you want. You know? So, like, there's solutions all around us. But sometimes we're just, we're too focused on, on everything else to see the solutions. Like, like, why hasn't cereal ended world hunger? Huh? I feel like that should have been the easy solution to world hunger. Like, you're telling me we can't make enough Frosted Flakes to save Africa? I don't buy that. I don't buy it for a second. It takes very little ingredients to make Frosted Flakes. Okay? It's basically just corn and sugar. So why aren't we sending cereal to these areas where they don't have food. You know? They'll eat it dry, okay? They don't need milk. One step at a time. But cereal should have ended world hunger. That should be our solution. It's cheap and easy to make. And if it's not, then we need to inspect some of these companies making the cereal and ask them why they're price gouging. All right? Instead of asking, you know... The people who make cornflakes to commit to having, you know, green energy run their plant. How about you just have them send, you know, cereal to starving Indians? That seems like a more direct solution. All right? We need to think of things that'll help now, not things that'll help in 10 years. Like, great, their village won't be underwater. They'll still have died of hunger. Okay, so we need to, you know, calculations need to be made carefully. 
isn't just something we can do willy-nilly because there's no immediate solution that fixes the climate. But sending boxes of cereal, you know, to starving countries, that's an immediate solution. And I don't know why we aren't, we don't have more people, you know, proposing things like this. I'm just tired of folks acting like we can't solve these problems. Okay? And look, if, if we don't have enough cereal, send them like meth pills, like they do in China, you know? So, like, at least those starving African children won't be hungry and they'll be able to work, they'll be highly efficient. Okay, so if we can't do one, you know, there's look, it's not it's going to take a lot of different approaches to figure this out. But the key is we can figure it out. Okay. And if and if it's going to take meth to keep some of them from needing to eat. What's big pharma for? Not that. Right. I mean, it works in China. It's not. Yeah, it's not humanitarian particularly, but it's better than nothing. At least those children won't be tired, you know, like Nazi soldiers in World War II. Yeah, that eventually backfired for him, but the Blitzkrieg was wildly effective for quite a while, and that was thanks to meth. You know, so there's, there's, there's ways... We can go about solving these crises that plague us, in my humble opinion. But what is going to be a real crisis is there is an Adderall shortage nationwide. Now, if you thought the economy was doing rough already, let's just say it's going to get ugly when we have a large chunk of the working populace crashing off of off of their medication this month because somehow while big pharma runs damn near every part of our government at this point we don't have enough Adderall we can print more money but we can't make more speed what the fuck is going on this feels like a plot this feels like big pharma intentionally trying to further sabotage our economy Okay, there's no excuse for this. All right? It's not a hard drug to make. Okay? And they know the numbers. They know how many people are taking it. It's a lot. So they know what effect this would have. Okay? The economy's already struggling. We narrowly avoided a railroad strike or a rail worker strike. I don't know. No one takes the fucking train. We narrowly avoided that. But this is going to be just as bad. The trains will didn't stop running, but these people will. And we can't be having that. In fact, it should almost be mandatory at this point for people to have to take amphetamines at work. Okay? You might not enjoy it. That's not the point. The point is, is in a capitalistic society, we need you... Humming, okay? You got to be working quick and efficient. And nothing will help you with that more than prescription speed. 
So this is this is really inconceivable that we have a shortage of possibly the most important pharmaceutical currently, you know, being given out like candy. And it should be. Shit, it should be over the counter. All right? Like, let's stop pretending like there's a harm here. Okay? We're going we're gonna to need workers who can go 16 hours without eating if we're going to, you know, fix this shit. So in my opinion, this shortage here is a genuine crisis, okay? If we're going to send $500 billion to Ukraine, make them send us speed. There's got to be a country we can do work with. And if this isn't being made in America, it's another example of why relying on China is bad, is bad politics, you know, bad policy. Because they can, you know, shut down our entire country by just, you know, not sending any more speed. You, know, you can have a third of the workforce sleeping through the day. And obviously there are some people who need it as medicine, but I'm not worried about those people because they're probably working menial jobs. So we need our executives hopped up on speed. They're the ones making the calls, Okay. And I mean, yeah, I want to get it to the, the lower wage workers as well, but we got to start at the top. All right. And then from there, you know, we, we let it trickle down, trickle down economics, but for speed, you know, Adderall it starts at the top and it'll make its way down because bosses are going to see, you know, the numbers will be there. The efficiency numbers will be hard to deny. There will be analytics. Factories will operate at like, 88% more efficiency. Yeah, yeah, there might be more accidents because people are high out of their mind, but who cares? Those, those accidents will be offset by the gains we get from increased productivity. Okay, you say no one wants to work in this country, give them a bunch of Adderall. They'll want to do anything, literally anything, to occupy their time. And then you can trick them into, like, working at Pizza Hut. Whatever. Those pizzas will get made fast and efficiently. Okay? So, I think we should approach this, this crisis with the full force of the U.S. government. We should demand the Sackler family make copious amounts of, of amphetamines and just tell doctors, hey... If they ask, give it to them. Don't even further consult. Just here you go. Because that's a person who wants to help their country. That's a person who wants to, you know, work their way up the ladder, feed their family. They're willing to sacrifice to become one of the best. All right? And that's what made this country great, and it's what can make this country great again. Okay? Listen, folks, listen, folks, we need more speed, okay? Look, look, excuse me, excuse me. There was a time, there was a time in this country when we were the fastest, all right? And it wasn't because we had blacks running, no, no. It's because we had speed, you know, no, no speed like I do. I love speed. And I think we should be giving it to all the workers, personally. All the workers deserve speed, okay? It's what made this country great. It's what's going to make this country great again.
So yeah, we should we should go back to you know, like the cocaine eighties. Wildly efficient era for America. Yeah, we had a lot of uh I mean white collar criminals coked out of their mind. But no one can argue that they made money before getting arrested for, you know, their illegal dealings. But we can refine that, okay? Just because it had some flaws the first time around doesn't mean you just get rid of the strategy. That's foolish. That's foolish on many levels, okay? We need to be, you know, thoughtful about this and go, hey, what worked? What worked? What didn't work? And, you know, what didn't work is that Coke was still illegal. You had to buy it from a dealer. Adderall is not. You have a trusted pharmacist who hates their job and wishes you would die so that they don't have to keep dealing with you every 30 days, but they make sure the drugs are done right. Okay? And I think that's the only thing that's going to save this country is increased amphetamine use. But we can't do that if there's a goddamn national shortage. Okay? Busting Martha, you know, busting migrants to Martha's Vineyard is one thing. Running out of Adderall is an entirely different problem. Okay? There's levels to this shit. Yeah, immigration's an issue. But if we run out of speed, it's not going to be pretty, folks. Okay? So if, you know, I don't do stocks... Because I'm not, like, good at math or Jewish. But if I were, I would say this is going to be a rough month for some companies. Okay? They're going to have a lot of sleepy employees just trying to get through the day, you know, pounding coffee, hoping it keeps them awake. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty at all. This is an interesting article that came out recently in GQ. Titled, I Wish I Was a Little Bit Taller. And it is about uh, a new procedure that's growing with men where you can gain anywhere from three to six inches of height. I mean, six inches is a lot. Three is not. Not really. Because here's the kicker. The way this operation works is they break both of your femurs and stretch them out, essentially. For those that don't know, one of the most painful bones you can break in your body is the femur. So this is incredibly painful procedure, just off top. And to be honest, the first time I actually heard about this was an episode of Ripley's Believe It or Not. And I believe, if I remember correctly, it was a, a young lass, you know, who was like not a midget, but like a dwarf, I guess. I don't know. Short enough to not be like cartoonish. I mean, tall enough to not be cartoonish but short enough to have it be a problem. And if I remember correctly, she underwent basically this procedure multiple times to get to like 5'1 or something. I don't know. It wasn't a tall height. It did not sound worth it. Let's put it that way. 
And if you're actually like one of these dudes who thinks this is going to help, let me stop you right there. You're a loser already, okay? Like, I can just imagine dudes going through this incredibly painful process just to get to, like, 5'10". Okay? Not worth it. Not worth it, bro. If you're that self-conscious, you're already... that. Your problem is your confidence. All right? You should probably see a therapist. Because wanting to shatter both of your legs in the hopes of growing three inches taller is not this like not a good sign. Okay, that's a mind in distress. You probably have some other issues going on. But when you get to that point, like you're just you're a fucking loser. That's your problem. You could be a six foot loser and it's not gonna matter. Like you're still a loser. Okay. If this was a procedure that made your dick bigger, I'd get that. Yeah, I'd get that very easily. First, and, and they have those types of procedures. They're just not good. But if you could just, like, break your dick and get an extra three inches, well, every man in America would have a broken penis tomorrow. But doing all that just to get a few inches taller, plus you're going to look goofy, ill-proportioned, like you get to, like, 5'10", but you wear a size 8 shoe, you know? You got Prince or King Charles's little baby hands. Like, there's probably more wrong with you than your height. You're honestly probably just ugly. You know. Might be cruel, but it's the truth. And also, who are the doctors performing this? We need to we need to really have a discussion in this country about what our our doctors are doing to help people improve their looks, quote unquote. Right? Like plastic surgery is getting out of hand. You know, if you show up to your doctor and you're like, Doc, I'm just you know, I'm really self conscious about my height. Is there anything I can do to get a little taller? And your doctor looks and goes, well, there's this radical new procedure, but I think you might be perfect for it. You see, we're going to break both your legs in half, put metal rods in them, and uh, lengthen it like you're raising a basketball hoop. Now, it's going to be the most painful thing you've ever gone through, but you're probably going to get three inches out of it. You do it twice, six inches. Three times, nine inches. I don't know what the limit is on how many of these you can have done before you just, like, render yourself unable to walk. But, yeah, I think I blame the doctors in this scenario more than the patients. These dudes are desperate. They're desperate losers seeking any way to find a way to get taller. You know, these are the dudes doing what, like, Michael Jordan did, and they're hanging up from fucking pull-up bars hoping to stretch themselves out so that they can make the varsity team. It's a bit extreme, if I'm being honest. Why don't you just get, like, shoes that make you taller? They make platform shoes, okay? Once again, this is an example of overthinking overthinking the problem. We don't need to break your legs. You can get three inches taller... With, you know, 
shoes that are designed to do that, little, little padding in them. There you go. Shit, Tom Hardy was made six inches taller when he played Bane in Batman. You might look a little goofy with those shoes, but is it not better than snapping your legs in half? I don't know. Maybe I'm just not cursed like these poor fellows are. You know, it could be, you know, maybe it's tougher than I think being 5'4". Maybe that's a rough life. Especially if you're 5'4 and a loser. You know? Like, if you're that short, you kind of have to either be really good at something or be funny. Like, that's pretty much your only two options. Like, are you brilliant, funny, or have an incredible, like, talent? If not, yeah, you're probably fucked. You're probably fucked. But really, we're getting unrealistic height expectations. Because just look at Hollywood. Almost everyone in Hollywood is short. You meet him in person, and it's shocking. Joe Rogan, I got literally a head and a half on him. He'd still kill me you know, with his bare hands if he wanted to. But I'm taller. You know, Aaron Berg, great guy. I'm taller. He's also yoked and could kick the shit out of me. Still taller. Met Rob Schneider the other day. Much taller than he is. I could probably take Rob. He's old enough and doesn't do, uh, you know, like steroids. So I think I could take Rob Schneider. Because he was like 5'6". So I don't know where where we're getting these false... You know, Chris Hemsworth isn't a good example of, of body positivity. Right? You know, not everyone is 6'5", 250, built like Thor. Literally. And I mean, where are the posit- body positivity people on this, huh? If we're going to say it's okay for women, not even okay, if we're going to applaud women and fat men for the fat positivity movement, why can't they do the same for short dudes? They can't help these motherfuckers out? Huh? Look, if you get to be 300 pounds and on the cover of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, I think we should be making, you know, short dudes feel more comfortable in their own skin. Because when you're resorting to breaking your legs in the most painful area in the hopes of a few more inches, you know, there's some psychological problems there. Okay? There's some conditioning going on that we need to address. Because that's not a rational solution to the problem. Just just go see a therapist or some shit. All right? Date shorter women. There's easier answers than this. And like the women who want a fat ass. You know, so they get a BBL procedure. Like, bitch, just eat almonds and go fucking do squats. You can do this all natural. Okay? I mean, people were getting so many of those butt lifts that they had to literally impose 
a limited amount that doctors could do in a day. Just think about that for a second. They'd never do that with anything else. Be like, look, you can only do four heart surgeries a day. You know, because we're doing too many of them. It's getting dangerous. But we got docs churning out fat asses with God knows what they put in them. Doing 18 a day. You know, half these poor women regret the fuck out of that. I've read a few articles that says it's one of the most painful things they've ever gone through. Which I feel like should really be where they get the whole, hey, just go to the gym. Okay? We have figured out how to get your ass in primo shape. If there's one thing America's gotten right over the last, you know, decade, it's uh, getting women to have nice asses. Do a little yoga, you know, some squats, get a little gains. You'll be there in no time. And it's real, which is a big bonus, I think. You know, you earned it. It's the problem with an, uh, a society based on instant gratification. You're not even willing to spend three months in the gym working on your ass. You'd rather just go pay some fucking Dr. Nick-esque, you know, quack to inject fat into your ass from, I don't know, where do they pull that shit from? Your back? I don't know. What's the other fatty part of the body? Or do they just keep the leftover fat from, like, liposuctions and repurpose it, like, you know, the oil that, you know, Carl's Jr. uses to make their French fries? Just taking someone else's fat and injecting it straight into someone else's ass. Because then all you have is just a fat, wrinkly ass with, you know, cellulite and shit. It's not going to be a perky ass. Now, I'm a little surprised they don't just have ass implants that are like the boob implants. But, I don't know, maybe sitting on silicon isn't the safest route. Although it worked for King of the Hill in that episode. I need my cheeks. So, I don't know. I've, it's, it's a problem on multiple fronts. We got doctors out here that are taking advantage of these morons who just want it to... They want the results now. You know? Or they want to live up to expectations that aren't realistic. So, we need to we need to think about how we're tackling some of these issues because it, I think it also speaks to how how fundamentally you know, broken our society is mentally. You know? It's a desperation that's odd because you know most of these people are doing it for social media. Right? Like, they're just trying to get more likes, follows. We always see stories of people like, I had 52 surgeries to look like Kim Kardashian. And it's like, well, now you look like a mannequin that came to life. So, I think you should have asked for your money back. Right? 
You know, not everybody gets to look like Kim Kardashian. She has much better surgeons than you do. That's just the truth. Okay? So I don't know. We got real problems here, is what I'm saying. You know? And Martha's Vineyard getting 50 migrants that they quickly shipped out. Eh. Not a big deal. Send them a thousand and let's see what happens. You know, that would be a real interesting test if you sent them an obscene amount. So this article gives the story of John Lovedale, who's our loser in this scenario. He's in his mid-40s, stands five feet eleven and a half, but he's in town to seek an orthopedic surgeon. Uh... John is on his feet, is it all impressive and probably foolish, considering that only eight months prior, he was five feet eight and a half. Back in September, he paid $75,000 for the agonizing privilege of having his legs surgically lengthened. That's an insane amount of money to spend. Also, five feet eight and a half is fine, man. You shouldn't even be eligible for this surgery if you're, like, taller than 5'6". Okay, this should be for emergencies only. Not like, hey, I got a shot at 6 feet if I break my bones. Also, for 75 grand, you could do so many better things. Just try to get rich, you know? That adds way more inches to your height. And you get money. You know, start selling shit coins or something. I don't know. What's the new doge? But let's see. Uh, the surgery entailed having both his femurs broken and adjustable metal nails inserted down their centers. Each nail is made of titanium, which is both flexible and sturdy like bone and about the size of a piccolo. I'm not sure what a piccolo is unless they're talking about Dragon Ball Z. I think it's a flute. Not entirely sure. Also not going to Google it. Uh, the nails were extended one millimeter every day for about 90 days via a magnetic remote control. Once the broken bones heal, ta-da! A newer, taller John. This is essentially CIA torture that you are paying $75,000 for. If that's not a cry for help, I don't know what is. You'd be, there's so many better things you could, buy a nice car. All right? Get a dog. There's other ways to go about this. Find lonelier women. Okay, they exist. But what a midlife crisis to be doing this in your mid-40s. Like you haven't come to terms with who you are by then. Like that's just sad, really. A man in his mid-40s, you know, he realizes he's probably never going to get married because he's not 5'9", I guess. So he resorts to breaking... It's just, it's, it's not a great look. 
Now, of course, with this procedure, some caveats uh, do come. All the height gain comes from your legs, so your proportions can look a little weird, especially when you're naked. I doubt they tell this to you before you pay. Because, yeah, you're going to look like a disfigured supermodel. All right? You're going to have the legs of a man that's six feet, but the wingspan of a man who's five six. You're going to look fucking weird. You're, at least when you're short, you're proportioned usually. Okay? And I doubt anybody's going through the process of breaking their arms to lengthen those too. You know? You're still going to have the dick of a little man. So I don't entirely understand the rationale there. Uh, when we meet, the bones in John's legs are not fully healed, and a small section of his right femur is still a little soft like al dente spaghetti. The smallest stumble could snap a bone in two, and it's especially dangerous since he's a big guy, over 200 pounds. I think that's a pretty good summary right there. He was a 5'8 fat man who went, well, I could go to the gym, get in good shape, you know, have a killer body, be a little short, but, you know, look good with your shirt off. Uh, but no, I'm just going to have them break my legs and make me tall enough to where the 200 pounds is actually the appropriate weight. I'm not sure this dude realizes he's probably just going to get fatter. Also, having legs that you can describe as al dente pasta, not the best thing to have in my opinion. Because if it's painful shattering your femur during the process... I can assume shattering it because you tripped on a curb is much more painful. Rejection hurts, but not as much as breaking your legs. Okay? Don't be so fucking melodramatic. Then there's the pain, which is relentless, ambient, the extension of the nails in his legs stretched the nerves and tissue around the bones, especially the thick, meaty muscles like the hamstrings, to an almost excruciating degree. Why is this surgery allowed? All you're doing is weakening every other muscle in your leg to get a little taller. Like this dude's going to tear his ACL the next time he tries to jump. Or even, like, stand on his tippy toes. His Achilles is going to snap. Okay? If you've ever seen someone tear their hamstring, it's not pretty. It's very painful. Okay? And just because you're 5'10", if you're 5'10 and fucking falling apart, that's not hot. You have not done yourself any favors. You're still just a loser with flimsy legs. Let's see, he couldn't walk for months. Quote, they fill you with enough painkillers that it's bearable, John explains. But his biggest fear was becoming addicted to the drugs, so he weaned himself off the regiment earlier than he should have. What he should have done, honestly, is just become addicted to painkillers. You know? Skip the procedure, just start doing that. All right? Like, that will make your life tolerable. 
it's probably just as bad a decision as the surgery. So yeah, just get addicted to Percocet. Fuck it. Why not? Okay? If you need a little confidence with the ladies, you know, pop a Perkadoodle or two, go hit the bar. Opens you right up. Look, opiates make people more personable. It's just the truth. Not fentanyl, that just kind of kills people, you know, or like heroin. But prescription opiates, you know, they can make you the life of the party. I speak from experience. They can make you fun, and they're fun to do. So that would be what I would have told this young lad. Well, he's not even young. This middle-aged loser is how about you just try getting addicted to drugs first? You know? Do that. Maybe hit the rehab after like a year or two of it. And then if you're still unsatisfied and feel like you need those extra few inches, then you know what? Go for it. Break your fucking legs. You could just buy a Mustang, but if you want to break your legs, go ahead. Article goes on, Why would someone like John, handsome, confident, funny, a father to three, shell out for a procedure that costs more than a Tesla and results in months of agonizing pain for a couple of extra inches? It's not like he was particularly short at just shy of the average height of an American man, five feet nine. But the opportunity to be above average was too good to pass up. Quote, I noticed that taller people just seem to have it easier. John says laughing. He shrugs. The world seems to bend for them. This is a very unstable man. I'm going to say that right now. I kind of also question their uh, their description of him as handsome, confident, funny, and a father to three. His children probably hate him. He's probably not that handsome. The confidence is probably not justified. Funny? Maybe. Look, if you were doing this for a bit, you know, then maybe I could get on board. Still expensive to do, you know, but if you become like a TikTok star because you document your experience breaking your legs to get taller, that's interesting, I guess, you know. There's content there. But why did his family not step in? $75,000, that's college tuition for your children. But you're going to have to tell them, no, son, you're going to have to go to the community college because daddy was depressed for a month and decided he needed to get three inches taller. You know? If this doesn't include his wife leaving him, then I genuinely don't understand it. If your life is fine, there's no reason to be doing this. This should be a like a call, f- a cry for help, you know, or a last resort. It was last summer after a Google search, John was first swarmed by Facebook ads for the Limplast X Institute, a clinic in Las Vegas founded in 2016 by Kevin Debeparshad. Dr. D, if you're nasty, one of only a handful of surgeons in North America who perform cosmetic leg lengthening and are among the leading experts in the procedure. I think this doctor should have his license revoked because what he's doing is not helping. It's not helping at all. 
When I first called Dr. D, he told me that business has been booming. Since the onset of the pandemic's work-from-home era, Limplast X Institute has been seeing twice its normal number of patients and sometimes as many as 50 new people per month. The claim is backed up by a BBC report suggesting that hundreds of men in the U.S. are now undergoing the procedure every year. On paper, it makes sense. Stigmas around cosmetic surgery are fading, especially for men. According to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, in 2019, male cosmetic procedures were up 29% from two decades ago. I would argue this may not exactly be just, you know, a medical procedure. Right? Like what the ladies are doing, you know, Botox, fake titties, a nose job. That's cosmetic. Breaking legs to stretch the bones sounds like a medieval practice, if we're being honest. Right? Like that sounds like what someone came up with in fucking, you know, 1485 and was like, my king, if I break your legs at the femur, we can stretch it up to three inches, getting you to the grand height of five foot nine. Based on all of my studies, this is the best option available. Yeah, it sounds like torture, because it kind of is. And I mean, it does fit with the no pain, no gain. Now, this is a lot of pain for what I would argue is a little gain. Think the ratio is off there. Now, again, I have not lived the cursed life of being that short but I still think I'm right. Male height in particular is one of the last social stigmas, as if the new rules of body positivity fail to apply vertically. This is where the article agrees with me. Short guys aren't so much discriminated against as they are precluded from stuff, like dating certain taller people or making your frosh soft basketball team. According to a 2009 study of Australian men, short guys make less money than their taller peers, about $500 a year per inch, and are less likely to climb the corporate ladder. And for the cis and straight among us, have fewer romantic opportunities with women. That one is true. Short dudes do have to work a little extra harder in the dating pool. But some of that's just genetics, you know? That's Darwinism, right? Like, they're selecting for the best genes the same way men are. And when women look for the best genes, they go, how much money does he make and how tall is he? You know? And you can, you can negate some of those, you know, by not being a fucking loser. But that is true. I don't entirely think anyone you know, trying out for their freshman and sophomore basketball team should resort to breaking their legs. Can you imagine if Michael Jordan was like, Ma, I gotta get my legs broken so I can get three inches taller and make varsity. Okay? Him hanging from a, a fucking pull-up bar at the playground seems much more sane than this. And as legend has it, worked for young Michael Jeffrey Jordan. 
but he also is fucking Michael Jordan. Okay, that's the GOAT. My hero. Okay, and few people have as much swag on this planet as Michael Jordan. So, like, he could have been whatever height. The fact that he got to 6'5", that was just gravy. But Michael was Michael regardless of height. These losers apparently have nothing else. Either that or they value height far too much. The promise of Dr. D's Institute is that for a price, you too can increase your odds of becoming a Fortune 500 CEO. Not really. Not really. Because to do that, you'd have to be smart. Okay? Smart people don't have this procedure. I'm just going to say that right now. The people who do this are dumb. They're dumb. They're probably desperate. Okay? You know what real Fortune 500 CEOs do? Steroids. Just look at Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Mostly Jeff Bezos. You know? He's just roided out of his mind. And I don't know how tall he is. 5'9", 5'10", probably. But he fucking is yoked. Like a former NFL linebacker after he's retired. And that's a much smarter decision. Just 75 grand would buy you a lot of steroids. All right? Go do a bunch of roids. Get fucking yoked. I guarantee you that will help far more than those measly three inches. Okay? 20 pounds of muscle and shoes that make you two inches taller. That's a better solution. All right? So maybe the stigma around steroids needs to go away for short people. Most patients will fork over from $70,000 to $150,000 depending on how many inches they want to gain. The majority opt for the standard three inches, which can be expected if you only get your femurs done, a process that takes about a year. But six inches is possible if doctors later do your tibias as well. Think of what's going into that. You are literally saying, Doc, I'm going to pay you six figures to shatter both parts of my leg completely so that I can be six inches taller. That's a digit for every inch you want to get. Okay? That's a lot of fucking money. And of course, your insurance isn't going to cover this shit. At least they better not. This is, like, you're literally almost crucifying yourself like Jesus, hoping to get a little taller. And all because you think this is going to help? How many success stories of this are there? Right? Like, how many dudes did this procedure and then came back months later and was like, Doc, I, I'm, I've got a company. I'm in the for, Fortune 500. I've fucked you know, 15 different models a week worth the investment. I doubt it. I doubt it. All right? The majority of the standard three inches, which can be expected if you get your femurs done, uh, oh, excuse me, you then have to get the nails surgically removed, which costs an additional fourteen to $20,000. Money in issue? Personal financing is available through SoFi, the online bank. John took out a loan 
for his femurs $1,200 a month for the next five years. That's housing in many parts of the country. Okay? He's renting a shitty apartment for five years, but doesn't even get the apartment. It's just breaking his legs. And what happens if you run out of money after you get him put in and you show up to the dock and you're like, Doc, I don't have the money, man, but I got to get these taken out. And that doctor's like, well, let me introduce you to the shadiest fucking loan company on the market right now. SoFi, they will, you know, personally finance your very, very poor decisions. I don't know how that's not predatory lending. Because there, again, there's no return on this investment. Right? At least the chicks getting fake asses are going to go straight to Instagram, maybe OnlyFans, and they're going to start monetizing that ass. And ass pics are very easily monetized in the current era. That's not a difficult thing to monetize. It's one of the most effective things to monetize at the moment, in fact. Okay, if you're a chick with a nice ass, you can make money. You can make money. But if you're a 42-year-old loser who decides he needs to be four inches taller, there's no ROI on that. Okay? And these people lending money so that you can pay for this shit should be asking, hey, how do you plan on capitalizing on this investment? If it's just for your personal happiness, that's not going to help you pay the mortgage. I suppose what also makes it uh, incredulous is that they know these people have the money. Because it seems to be the target demographic here is wealthy, not uber wealthy, but wealthy people who are very insecure. You know, people who don't like who have money, but also have a bad credit history, which is why they have to go to the SoFi, you know, to get their femur breaking procedure personally financed with, I don't know, 80% interest. I'm sure it's a terrible deal. Can't be good. They already know these dudes are desperate. Easy marks, if you ask me. It's nothing short of a miracle that we can change something in the human body that was once unchangeable. A short king can transfer himself into just a king as long he's willing to subject himself to the kind of horrifying, life-altering injury traditionally associated with getting hit by a bus. And that is probably the most accurate way to describe it. I know this because we have a friend whose brother was hit by some dumb woman who ran a red light and broke both his legs. Femur and the, the whatever the bottom one is. You know, snapped him right in half. Couldn't walk for months. Did get a nice fat settlement out of it. But yes, that's what you're paying for. You're paying $75,000 to experience the pain of a traumatic event. I wonder how many of these dudes get PTSD from this. Because once again, think of the procedure as it is. 
if you really wanted to do this, I'd say you'd have to do it without anesthesia. You should have to endure the pain because that would really make you understand what you're doing and would reinforce that you're really, really committed. Because they're cutting your leg open, snapping it, and inserting metal screws that they can lengthen with magnets. If you had to do that without anesthesia, you'd be screaming in pain until you eventually passed out because it overloaded your nervous system. You know? And short kings are short kings. That's the whole point of that phrase. All right? Has Spider-Man taught us nothing? Tom Holland needs to be these guys' example. Because you know what he did? He got yoked, he got rich, and then he got Zendaya. That should be the playbook. You know? Yeah, you can't really change your height at a certain point. It's fixed. It is what it is. But you can do HGH and get fucking yoked. Get shredded like the liver king. You know? And right there, you're going to be more attractive. Okay? And you'll be more confident. I don't know how much confidence being 5'10 gives these guys. Like, if you were making it like 6'3", maybe. Yeah, that's pretty tall. But 5'10"? You really think there's dudes out here 5'10 walking around thinking they rule the world? No. No. That just means you're average. You know, you're content. Because you can compete with the six-footers. You might not be six-foot, but you can make up for that in other ways. So I feel like they need to really, really commit to this. Like most cosmetic surgeries designed to make you a hotter version of yourself, cosmetic lengthening was originally intended to help patients with real and dire conditions. The procedure was developed in the 1950s by a Soviet orthopedic surgeon named Gavril Elisevrov. I don't Gavril Elisevrov. Elisevrov. I don't know how the fuck this. These Russians got weird fucking names who wanted to treat complex bone fractures and deformities like limb discrepancies. The process is, to put it lightly, really fucking gnarly. That's the accurate description as well. If you were to watch a video of this and the procedure, it's pretty much just as horrifying as watching some of the, like, trans surgeries. You know? Like seeing a penis turn into a vagina. Horrifying when you watch the actual surgery. Same could be said for this. When you watch a dude getting his legs snapped in half and, you know, set up to be lengthened by magnets, it's horrifying. It looks like something being done to torture a person. You know? The patient's leg is then broken, and the apparatus, a series of pins, pierce the leg jamming through the skin and muscle until they are fixed to the bone itself. Nothing about this sounds good. It is all bad. Now surgeons are looking for other ways to streamline the process. From 2019 to 2021, 
There existed a load-bearing nail constructed out of stainless steel, which is stronger than titanium, an innovation that led patients to walk almost immediately after surgery, which is great. Yeah, let's make this more efficient. Okay, how about these fucking doctors just discover a chemical that makes you grow? Can we reinvigorate the growth process? We have drugs that can make you fucking get 20 pounds of muscle in two months. All right, I feel like we could figure out what we need to manipulate pharmacologically to trick your body into growing a few more inches. Okay? And that seems like it'd be a much better investment. Less pain, you know? A little more au natural. At least the rest of your body would grow with it and you wouldn't like look like some deformed freak, you know, like all these women who get 45 facial surgeries so they look like a duck that turned into a human. Now, the new weight-bearing uh, stainless steel procedure is still awaiting approval by the FDA and should be available in 2023. We should also note that the FDA is responsible for many of these problems as well. They're the ones approving this shit. Okay? And I get it. The FDA is really at this point there just to, you know, grease the skids of the medical industry so we can get as many surgeries, cosmetic or otherwise, approved. I feel like the time spent approving this would probably be better off spent approving drugs that actually help people. But alas, if the money is there, they're going to do it. Now, Dr. D's patients don't fit into any one phylum, except that most are loaded. I assume that means money-wise. Probably loaded, you know, booze-wise when they make the decision. Physicians, finance guys, actors, CEOs, a news anchor, even college basketball players looking for a few more statistical inches through Dr. D's... Statistical inches, though, Dr. D doesn't recommend this. Yes, the procedure that weakens everything around your legs, not good for basketball players. Unless you want to end up like Sean Livingston and have your fucking knee fall apart, you know, live on TV. But that's what makes, uh, you know, gives an interesting wrinkle to this, though, is it's not your average layman who's like, hey, I could use a few more inches. Because they don't have $75,000 to $150,000 to waste on this. So the fact that it's dudes who are doing well financially, physicians, finance guys, actors, CEOs, those are people who've done well. Deciding for some reason they need to be a few inches. What is left to gain? You already are doing very well in your you know field of choice. Clearly, the height hasn't held you back thus far. You know, unless some of these guys are having their end-of-year review and their boss is like, well, we wanted to give you a raise this year, but you don't meet the minimum height requirement, unfortunately. Yeah, Goldman Sachs, we can only give, you know, raises to people who are above 6'1". Sorry, Jim. I know you're great at your job, but unfortunately, you're 5'8". That's tough, if that's what they're hearing. I kind of doubt it. 
If, especially if you're a CEO, you're at the top of the ladder. Why do you need to be taller? All right. Your paycheck makes you taller than any procedure could. If you're making seven figures, no woman's going to give a fuck if you're a few inches short. Okay. Let's just be realistic about this. Money makes you taller. If you can stand on your money, you're going to be taller. There are trans men who often just want the extra stature to feel more like themselves. Dr. D does sometimes do length shortening for trans women. I talked to a Filipina nurse who was under five feet, and now she's not. One popular one patient, a popular YouTuber in Asia, apparently paid for this procedure by selling Bitcoin. Now, look, if you're like under five feet, that makes sense. This is a perfectly rational thing to do because think of how much more difficult your life is at that height. Okay, like reaching for the top of a cabinet, shit like that. You know, then I understand it. Trans men. Are there anybody, like, on the planet willing to undergo painful procedures more than the trans community? And I know some people are horrified by the procedures, but I just respect their willingness to undergo, you know, things that are notably uncomfortable, sometimes incredibly painful, just so they can, you know, feel right in their head. In that sense, I very much empathize with them. Because if you're a trans man and you're willing to cut your boobs off, you know, get a fake schlong cut out of your thigh, and then also have your legs broken so you can be a few inches taller to look like a real man and not just a short man, got to respect the commitment, you know? That's a lot that you're willing to endure to make yourself feel like you should in your head. You know? The leg short, uh, shortening one's a little weird. Okay? I mean, I guess unless all these trans women's is like 6'2", I guess. I'm not entirely sure what the shortening procedure occurs. Do they just like break your legs and chop out a chunk? You know, and screw them down? Is it just literally the opposite? Because that seems like it'd have a lot of bad, you know, consequences as well. But again, if you're willing to take hormones, cut your dick off, and then cut off, you know, part of your bones and your legs so you can be a 5'9 woman, I respect the commitment. At that point, you have shown you are truly about that life. And I think that's important. You know, when it's become a fad, quote-unquote, in modern society, it's nice to see people, you know, still willing to go the extra mile. Those are the people I believe. If you're willing to do all that, I'm like, all right, yeah, you probably believe this shit. So go ahead, my now brothers or sisters. Whatever will make you feel comfortable. And of course, there are the tech bros, a whole gaggle of tech bros. I guess gaggle is what we're now calling a flock of tech bros. I joke that I could open a tech company, says Dr. D, 
I got like 20 software engineers doing this procedure right now who are here in Vegas. There was a girl, because girls can be tech bros too, yesterday from PayPal. I've got patients from Google, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft. I've had multiple patients from Microsoft. Once again, these dudes are losers. And I know that because they're making good money. If you're a tech bro working at one of the major institutions, you're making a solid paycheck. Okay? And the fa- like, and you're around short people. It's not like the other people working at Google and shit are tall. They're Indian most of the time, first of all. Indians aren't exactly known for their height. So if you're in that environment or still like, I got to get taller. I mean, luckily, I guess if you're a coder, yeah, you can sit at your desk with broken legs. It's not going to affect, you know, your day-to-day job. But these guys are looking at this all wrong. You should be leading with, hey, I make a fuckload of money and I work at a very rich and popular software company. Lead with that. What are you doing, bros? Okay? You're reading the wrong self-help books. All right? What all the patients I spoke with have in common is that the leg lengthening helps them feel like a more complete version of who they are. Quote, a lot of patients see it as an investment in themselves and not necessarily romantically, says Dr. D. Stature is such an important part, I think, of who you are and how you perceive the world and how the world perceives you. Being able to alter that is so impactful. Now we're finding out these dudes are doing this to not even get laid. That's so much worse. Okay? There, you, if you're not doing this to get more pussy, I don't know what the fuck you're doing it for. You know? Saying it's an investment in yourself? For what? You're not going to the NBA. Okay, the company you're working for isn't going to give you a raise because you're taller. You know? No one in the tech sector is going to be like, well, sorry, we're only hiring people above 5'10". No, that's not happening. You know why? Because tall dudes aren't going to be as good a coder. The good coders are going to be the short nerds who had to stay inside all day because they get picked on at school. Those are the guys who are good at coding. All right? So I have real qualms with them saying this benefits anyone financially. You come up with all sorts of bullshit statistics. I guarantee you right now, if I look up the height of most CEOs or the people in executive positions in Fortune 500 companies, they're probably not that tall. All right? And the ones who are, like, maybe tall or in good shape, they're like Jeff Bezos. They're doing roids. Because that's... That's a good solution to your problem. Get yoked first. Start there. That should be step one. Okay? Once you're shredded, if you still feel like I need a few more inches, fine. But at least you tried something that is clinically proven to work. No one has ever taken steroids and not gotten yoked. That's just how they work. 
to explain his height change, or to explain his change in height, he told everyone outside of his immediate family, including his supervisor, that he fell in the bathtub and needed surgery to fix a broken hip, even though he'd never even broken a bone before. If you're lying about it to everyone, you're not proud of what you've done. Okay? And the shame should be a real indicator that you've made a mistake. Right? Ladies who get boob implants show those motherfuckers off with pride. Okay? But if you have to come up with the old, I slipped in my bathtub and broke a hip, so now I come back four inches taller. First of all, that's not believable. Your hip would not make you taller. You'd have to break both hips. So that's not a good indicator if you've got to lie about what you're doing. That immediately makes me know that you're like, this is dumb, you know, and no one's going to understand it because it's stupid. So I got to come up with this preposterous lie. These days, John has been working out a bit, upper body weights, some work on the treadmill. I'm not walking as fast as I could be once I'm fully healed, he says, but every day is more encouraging. Even though it's an ordeal, he likes being in public now. People just look at you differently when you're tall. I'm not even lying, he says, laughing. I already get a lot more looks at the gym. I wonder if he's gay, right? Because why would you be like, hey, dudes are checking me out at the gym now, all right? I'm just saying, life is looking up for me. That's an odd statement to say. And they don't, me they don't mention his wife. So I think this dude might be trying to, you know, get fucked in the sauna room at 24-hour fitness. But apparently you can only do that if you're fucking 5'10 or some shit. I don't know. But that feels like a Freudian slip on this, uh, this fella's end here. You know? And it's all just vanity. That's not him saying, yeah, I made more money now. It's just him going like, yeah, people look at me more in public. Maybe because you look freakishly proportioned. All right, you look like the Slender Man or like the human version of a T-Rex. Yeah, you got them long-ass legs, but why are your arms so fucking short? Okay, why do you have an eight-year-old's hand, you fucking dweeb? Now, there's no single reason anyone opts for leg-lengthening surgery, but often at least one of those reasons has to do with has to do with impressing girls. Take Alan, 23, a sweet lanky software engineer from Chicago. Originally just under 5 feet 6, Alan never really thought of himself as short until he had a until a girl he had a super big crush on like roasted me for it in college. This instilled in him a deep insecurity that ultimately prompted him to get his femurs done in February. Now, after spending the last three months alone in his apartment eating delivery food, he's 5'9". In that case, 
I understand a bit, okay? If you tried to go after some chick in college and she just brutalized you for being too short, that would have a lasting impact on your psyche, you know? That kind of makes me understand, like, hey, those extra three inches won't make you tall, but it's at least enough so that this bitch can't uh, mock you for being a midget. Now, at 23, at least, I don't know. I don't know if I feel good or bad about it getting done that early. Like, maybe suffer through it until your 30s, you know? Because, hey, maybe you get lucky. Maybe you find some chick who's into it or doesn't care. Then you don't need to go through this. But getting it done at 23 does not sound great. Or here's Brian, a handsome Chinese-American guy from New York who made a lot of money opting trade option trading. He's 27, his voice is slow and doodly, and he's something of a player. But he always thought that his batting average with women could be better. A lot of times I was rejected, and I was like swinging 100, and like connecting with 4 or 5. That was when Brian was 5'7". Now he's 5'10", and itching to get back into the club. I think these guys are overestimating three inches. Six inches is a radical transformation. That I will agree with, you know? If you go from five, six to six foot, that is a significant change that will probably be noticed. But from five, seven to five, ten, marginal gains at best, all right? And are you a built five, ten? Right? Have you filled that out? No, you hit leg day a bunch without... Can they even do leg day? Can these motherfuckers squat? Or are their legs just going to snap right in half? So they just do upper body. Also, if you're just going to try and pick up randoms, the height change is a bit extreme to get random puss. That's what tender and drunk women are for. Right? Okay, just go to the club and look at who's most wasted. You know? Once the vision starts getting a little blurry, 5'7 and 5'10 look exactly the same. Okay? This is getting out of hand. This is a bad decision. I mean, I respect doing what you need to do to get laid. Most men would do that. Okay? They'll, they'll do just about anything. I'd like to know in a follow-up how well that helped. Because look, if he comes back and he's like, I'm batting a thousand percent. I'm fucking getting every chick I hit on at the club now that I'm 5'10". Then I'd be like, hey, maybe there's some, you know, there's a little more to this. But in reality, I think he's probably doing the same. Because it's not going to change your personality. You still got the same game you had before. All right? I don't know what you think that height boost is going to give you, but it's not going to give you that much. All right? We need to stop pretending like it would. There's also guys like Chad, formerly 5 feet 5, that is short, a CFO who did his rehab in El Paso. He's 53 and a little aggro, the type of shorter guy who will remind you again and again 
that he's good at jujitsu. All right, so this is a Joe Rogan type. The kind of guy who gets mad when he has to stand on his tiptoes to wave down bartenders. I'd go to a bar and literally try to order a drink. Some freaking goon standing a head taller than me comes over behind me, and the bartender looks up to him like, what can I get you? I'm like, motherfucker, I'm right here. This is, again, a guy with anger problems. He's probably, you know, yelled racial slurs at a Starbucks barista. Okay? Probably says hard R's occasionally. All right? I think this man's problem is not necessarily his height. It's that he's a douchebag. Now at 5'5", I would understand wanting the surgery. Uh, But again, it's not going to fix who you are. One time, Chad had his ego shattered by a taller woman, 5'10", he was dating. They were walking down the street together, holding hands, when someone passing by gave them a look. She dropped his hand, and I was like, all right, you want to you be like that? If you think you could do better, you go do better. See you later. Chad got the procedure done back in December, and now he's almost 5'8". That's an extreme overreaction. You know, you get one weird look, which probably wasn't even a weird look. That dude was probably like, damn, how'd that short dude pull that hot chick? He was probably being like, that dude's doing well. But because this short little psychopath is fucking out of his mind, he takes this lady, you know, letting go of his hand and goes, oh, so you want to be the bitch and just leave me because I'm not tall? No, she's going to leave you because you're a fucking loser who seems miserable to be around. Okay? And to be honest, this is where these doctors should be held accountable. If you're going from 5'5 to 5'8, you are still short. And you know how I know that? Because in L.A., the store that sells short tuxedos and suits is specifically called 5'8 and under. So you paid all that money just to be at the top of the short. You are the tallest of the short people. Okay? If you're going to go that far at 5'5", I'd go the full distance. Okay? Break those other legs. Let's get you to 6 foot. At 6 foot, you've changed the conversation. Okay? Now you're going to look like a fucking UFO or some weird alien creature. With your fucking Gumby legs and your short ass arms, but you'd be six foot. Six foot and probably crippled, but six foot nonetheless. At one point during dinner, Dr. D casually reveals that 90% of his, his patients don't ever tell anyone they've gotten the procedure. Again, the shame is showing through. If you're embarrassed to say it, that's not a great decision that you made. Especially because the whole point is to literally look differently. So if you're showing up to the office three inches taller and nobody's like, hey, did you get a growth spurt over the last, you know, few weeks? Or they're just like literally don't notice. Can you imagine paying for this and having no one notice? You know, until you point it out and they're like, oh. 
Eh, I guess you are a little taller. Eh. Still short, you piece of shit. That would be really traumatic. You think a, a girl telling you, hey, you're too short for me is bad? Wait until you pay six figures to have your coworkers be like, ah, I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, you look the same to me. Well, Alan apparently told people it was a ski accident. Which, how many people out there believe in that you're just like, you're, you're one of your coworkers getting taller because he crashed his, his fucking ski mobile, right? You know, he's out skiing, breaks his legs, and somehow comes back taller. I don't think that's a usual, uh, you know, side effect of breaking one of your legs. Mostly because you have to break both of them, right? You can't break one. So if you get in a ski accident and you break both your femurs, that's a pretty brutal ski accident, you know? Like, that would be horrifically painful. If you've ever seen the, the Olympians who do the fucking, the speed skiing down, down the slopes, and you ever see one of them crash and just fucking fall like a rag doll down this hill, you know, and when they finally come to a stop, both their legs are pointing the wrong direction. That's what you're saying happened to you. So there's a lot of problems with this becoming a trend. All right? It's just, it's just not worth it, especially because of the price. Buy a Porsche. Buy a fly car. There's so many other things you could do before result, resorting to this. Here's the most revealing line in the article. Perhaps our spiritual heights are more important than reality anyway. During our dinner, I asked Dr. D whether he'd ever consider getting the procedure himself. Quote, no, he said, but then he hedged. Maybe if his kids were grown up, and if the load-bearing nail gets approved by the FDA, and if there were someone he trusted enough to insert said nail, then maybe. Surgeons from all over the country are interested in learning how to perform the procedure, he said, and a few of them would love to franchise the Limplast X brand. So there you go. It's like when Steve Jobs wouldn't let any of his kids use an iPad or an iPhone, whatever the fuck it was. No tablets. You know, a lot of the people who invent shit do that. So, like, if the guy pushing this procedure is like, oh, I'd never get this. That'd be stupid. You know? But then the cover is like, but if maybe one of my kids maybe considered getting it, and if they had the right doctor, maybe. And it's no shocker that surgeons want to franchise this particular surgery. It seems rather lucrative for them. Okay? These motherfuckers paid out of pocket. All right? 7550 k That's easy money. Easy money for these doctors. Can't be a hard surgery on their end. Right? So sometimes, you know, look, the medical industry is is not altruistic. They have their own motives. So there's just another example, really, of 
you know, I think what the lockdowns did to people, psychologically speaking, because I think a lot of short dudes started to realize they were short, you know, and a lot of depressed dudes just started looking for ways out. And the answer apparently was this, get your legs broken. And if you can work from home, why not? That makes sense. If you're a remote worker, no one's going to see your legs. Okay? You still have to come up with an excuse when you show up taller. I don't I don't really think most of these dudes have thought that through. I would have just lied and be like, "Eh, late late growth spurt," you know? So, I don't know. Seems like the FDA should be pushing some of these companies to go different directions. Like, let's just come up with some sort of pharmacological solution to this. I don't believe there isn't one. Okay? If we can make, you know, dudes look like women through hormones and shit, you know, and women look like dudes, I think we could find a way, you know, and steroids make skinny dudes get yoked. Okay, how do you think everyone who does a Marvel movie gets in superhero shape? Spoiler alert, HGH and anabolic steroids. I think we can find a solution to this, you know? We have human growth hormone. I don't think that applies vertically, but maybe there's an area we could research there. Okay, and that would be something worth funding. If you could come up with a drug of some sort that restarted your body's growth cycle. I think that would be wildly popular. You know? And it's something, personally, that that seems like something we should research. Because if that's what we're resorting to for this problem, I don't like where it's headed. That's a bad... If I first hear about it on Ripley's Believe It or Not, you know a decade and a half ago, it's not great that it's becoming popular again, particularly with people who don't, like, need it, need it. You know? Like the 410 nurse who just wants to be able to reach the top cabinet. Those people, you know, it's a medical procedure for them. For these other motherfuckers, it's just vanity. And vanity at the, at the you know, the cost of six figures and a year of immense pain. Doesn't add up. Doesn't add up. Uh, I think that will do it for this week's solo show installment. Uh, if you want to hop over to the page, patreon.com slash hidden in plain sight pod, I will be con- continuing my review of She-Hulk because it's just so fucking bad. You know, the Lord of the Rings thing has gotten boring, so I don't really care too much. I might get back to it at some point. But She-Hulk is just terrible. On so many levels. So you'll get my review there for this week's Patreon episode. Hundreds of hours of extra content if you want to sign up. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at The Hidden Pod. On Instagram, it's at Brandon Steel Hidden. Uh, for those wanting an update, the big man, Perry, should be back in about uh, two weeks or so. Maybe a little more, depending. So we got... We got another week or two of the solo show saga, and then, oh, thank Christ he's back, and we can go back to doing the show as it was before. 
You know, I look very, I'm very much excited to get back into some Space Weirdo Friday shit. So, uh, yeah, that does it for this week. We'll, uh, we'll see y'all folks next week, unless you want to join us over on the page. And once again, fuck Dave Portnoy, Mamba out. <laughs> <laughs>